This is Pakinggan Pilipinas. I'm Elise Punsalan, your fiction DJ. Toys. Who of you as a kid did not have a toy? Sure, there have been hundreds of toys churned out by manufacturers every year, answering to each imaginable whim, even the unimaginable ones like virtual birds slingshot to their deaths to take down their swine fiends. But if we didn't have the store-bought ones, usually we'd find alternative things to play with, be it old bottles turned into rattles, a cut-out doll from a magazine, a ball made of string, a castle made of pillows stacked high on a bed. We'd find ways to play. And this isn't a recently acquired trait of humans, oh no. The toys made of rocks, sticks, and clay, wooden dolls made of movable limbs and wigs, bows and arrows, yo-yos, had been excavated from the remains of ancient Greek and Egyptian civilizations. The importance of toys and play, experts say, is both in entertainment and education. Toys stimulate those baby neurons to come together and develop life skills that are either mental or physical. This month's feature is a story by a very young author, Joseph Montesilio, about, you guessed it, toys. J.T. Turona narrates it for us. New Toy by Joseph Anthony Montesilio There were so many. It was hard to keep track of them all. Old toys that had been dissected and examined repeatedly now scattered the large room. I tried to pick a new one to play with, but I had already memorized everything that made my toys move. There was nothing new to do with them. I picked up one of the older teddy bears. It had been one of my first. It was pretty simple. It had a small speaker in its mouth and a few inner workings that made the bear's arms and legs move. This was the first toy I had dissected. It hadn't been too hard. A pair of scissors had been enough to expose the bear's stuffing and mechanics. I felt the stitch on the back of the bear. I held the bear as I sat on my bed. I grabbed a pair of scissors that were on my bedside table. I cut where I always did. It didn't take long for me to cut through the stitches. I reached in, pulling out some of the stuffing. I felt the wires inside, comforted by their familiar texture. Someone knocked on the door. I placed the scissors back on the bedside table and shoved the bare stuffing back in. I smoothed out the cut as best as possible before tossing the bear into the corner of the room. Mother entered the room. The locket she wore twinkled, like a star in my dark room. She turned on the lights before saying, Son, come downstairs. You need to see something. I nodded and followed Mother downstairs. She had been gone for a while, and I had wondered when she'd be back. Maybe... She had bought me a new toy. We walked into the living room where father was holding something in his arms. He was smiling at it. I had never seen him smile like that. He looked up at me and said, Come closer, son. You need to see him. 
Mother sat down on the couch as I approached father. Once I was close enough, I could see what was in my father's arms. It was a baby. It was fast asleep, and father was gently rocking it in his arms. This is your brother, he said. My brother. So it was my brother. I just smiled, thinking about how to play with my new toy. They brought out an old crib and set it up in my room. That's where my new toy slept. It didn't bother me much on the first night. Mother had said that the arrangement was only temporary. They would find another room for the toy, but for now I just had to live with it. I couldn't help but wonder where they had bought it. I had never seen one of those on sale before. Maybe it was a new store. Or maybe it was one only mother and father knew about. I stood next to the crib, looking down at it. He was awake now, glaring at me. What makes you move? I asked it. It didn't reply. I stood there, watching this new toy mother and father had bought. I thought about my unanswered question. What did make it move? Was it wires and simple mechanics like the bear? No, this toy's movements were far more complex. Plus, it seemed far sturdier than most of the other toys. Perhaps the inner workings were made of metal. The toy's eyes shut. It probably needed to recharge. I watched it every night. When mother had turned out all the lights, I would stand next to the crib and watch my new toy. I had nothing better to do. The other toys were boring. This new one was fascinating. Whatever it used to make sounds must be pretty advanced. Every whine and whimper was clear without a trace of static. On the third night, it cried. I was standing over it as always when it started to sob. Mother and father rushed in and went to the crib. Mother picked it up and started rocking it in her arms. Father led me back to bed. I glanced back and saw the toy fiddling with mother's locket. Mother left the room as father started to shout at me. He screamed out threats and harsh words. The smile I had seen on his face was nowhere to be seen. I forced myself not to listen. Instead, I thought about the sound the toy had made. I thought about the crisp, clear cries, such a wonderful sound. I had to know what made that sound. I had to dissect this new toy. It wasn't going to be like any of the other toys. A simple pair of scissors couldn't possibly be enough for the job. I would have to think this one through. Mother and father seemed quite protective of this toy. Permanent damage must be avoided at all costs. The night after the toy started crying, I waited for him to fall asleep before starting my preparations. I picked up the thing just an inch off his crib. It made no noise as I set it back down. Perfect. The last thing I needed was mother and father coming in. I pinched its arm a bit. The skin was nice and thick. I would need a knife just to penetrate it. That was when it opened its eyes. 
It glared at me for a second with large eyes. They were so much more than just a doll's eyes. There was something different about them. Then it opened its mouth and started sobbing. No, I muttered. I picked the toy up, turning it over in my hands, looking for the off button. I could barely see in the dark, and the crying was starting to distract me. That'd be another thing to search for during my dissection. An off button. I set it back down and rushed to my bed. I covered myself up just as mother and father walked in. Breakfast was quiet. Mother and father seemed tired. They must have been up all night trying to turn the toy off. It must be hard especially, since the off button is so hard to find. What kind of toy doesn't have a clear off button? Everything has an off button. Father had a new watch on. I asked him about it, but he didn't say anything. Maybe he had figured out that I had caused the toy to start crying last night. Mother wasn't eating. She just played with her locket, watching Father and I eat. It wasn't long until Mother went back to bed and Father went off to work. I got a steak knife from the kitchen and took it upstairs. I stuffed the knife under my mattress. I could hear the quiet breathing of my new toy in its crib. Tonight would be a special night. Darkness slowly crawled into my room. Night came, and the stars dotted the sky. Only the bright moon lit the room, blanketing everything in a pale white light. I lay in my bed, thoughts about tonight keeping my eyes open. Time passed. Mother and father would enter the room now and then. They would check up on it and leave immediately. I got up, picked up the knife, and approached the crib. The toy had been peaceful all day. It hadn't cried and had slept most of the day. I listened to it. It's breathing. Perhaps that's how the mechanism works. Maybe it used the air like some kind of accordion. The knife shined in the moonlight. I picked up one of the toy's arms and grazed the knife's blade on its skin. A thin line of blood appeared on the arm. Was it synthetic, or had it come from donors? I inserted the knife deeper into the skin. The knife must have gone at least an inch deep. I dug my finger into the cut, parting the skin. I tried to dig in deeper. It wasn't long until I felt wires, nice thin slippery wires running through the toy's arm. The cry pierced the silence. I pulled my bloody finger out, looking at the toy. The cries grew louder as it started thrashing its arms and legs, splattering some blood on my face. Mother and father came in then. Mother rushed to the crib, picking up the toy. She used her robe to wipe the blood off its arms. Father glared at me and asked, What have you done? I didn't say anything. Father and mother left to clean up the toy. I sat on my bed. Dead doll's eyes stared at me from everywhere in the room. I tried not to notice them. 
reminding myself that they were just toys. But I could feel them. Their accusing stare surrounded me in the darkness. Father and mother came into the room without knocking. Father approached me. He held something in his hand. I tried to figure out what it was as he sat down next to me on the bed. Then I could see it, twinkling like a star in my dark room. I expected him to start screaming again. Instead, he opened up the locket. Father sighed as he looked at the bright red button inside the locket. Everything has an off button, I murmured. I'm sorry, son, he said. I didn't say anything. I felt a tear on my cheek as father pressed the button. You've just listened to New Toy by Joseph Montesilio. It was published in Philippine Speculative Fiction 5 by Kestrel Publishing in 2010. The author is currently a 15-year-old student at the Ateneo de Manila High School. He started writing in third grade when he read, of all things, The Silence of the Lambs. His other works can be read in the Philippine Graphic Magazine, Short, Fast, and Deadly, and Philippine Speculative Fiction Volumes 5 and 6. Our narrator for this month is Joy Tirona. She is a copywriter, crazy catwoman, bookworm, and she also says that she is not a morning person. See you again next month for another episode. This is Elise Punzalan for Pakinggan, Pilipinas. Ating kwento, Pakinggan mo. For more audio fiction by Filipino writers, go to pakinggan.pilipinas.blogspot.com.